the picture were leaked, it could mean a scandal for the church. The picture was of a couple very active in the church. She with a black eye and bloody nose. And her husband with a bloody fist and band-aids covering up his wounds from hitting his wife's head so hard, even though it was a hard head. Those of you who hung around the church picnic a few weeks ago know the basis for this scandal. Bobby Booth was at play with his face painting sponges and brushes on my eye and Brian's hand. At today's Faith and Fun Festival, he'll be back to painting Spider-Man and butterflies, but he does a pretty convincing black eye if you want to start a rumor. Different things are scandalous to different generations. Jesus' disciples felt scandalized that a man who was not a known follower of Jesus was casting out demons in Jesus' name. So they tried to stop him. Earlier in the gospel, chapter 6, the disciples had cast out demons and had anointed and cured many who were sick. And then they went, about, went out again later, earlier in this chapter, and it was as if their power had dried up, as if they were withered leaves on a thirsty plant. They tried to heal someone, but they couldn't. And now, to add insult to injury, this man, who was not even a co-worker, had used the power of Jesus' name to cast out demons, and it worked. No fair. This is a scandal. Well, we've probably felt likewise when we feel someone has usurped our power. There's a guy you like, but someone else wins his heart. You've been inviting a neighbor to church, and she chooses to go to church with someone else. You've been working hard on a project at work, and someone else gets the credit. It bruises our egos to be on the losing side. Jesus is so patient. I can't help but wonder sometimes if he just sighed and shook his head, the disciples sometimes, and then I know he would do the same with me. He says to them, do not forbid him or do not stop him. For no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. Did the disciples look quizzically at Jesus? Didn't he remember they were a part of the chosen people? And when people are chosen by God, then, you know, sometimes that can be translated as better than others. They're dealing with an issue we deal with all the time around the world, and it's the who's in and who's out issue, the us versus them. In Rwanda, you are in or out based on the tribe of your birth. In South Africa and the United States, you are in or out based on your ethnicity. On the playground, you are in or out based on your athletic ability. 
Where did we get this notion that not everyone can be in the same circle? We're like balloons bumping against and then bouncing off of each other. But Jesus changes this image slightly from balloons to bubbles. Because have you ever seen two bubbles if you're blowing? Some of you might not blow bubbles anymore, but when you did, man, you should. Then sometimes two will come together and they'll be separate at first and then they'll touch and then their sides will go away and they'll become one. And I think that's Jesus' image for us. Jesus breaks away the walls, breaks away the barriers. He says to his disciples, though someone seems different, if he's doing good works in my name, he's in our bubble. To them, that was scandalous. The Associated Press had a report several years ago about a mother who wanted to give her son a career boost. He worked already for the United States Forest Service as a firefighter, and as a seasonal firefighter, he received a base salary, but he was paid extra than while he was fighting fires. So his mother saw to it that he got to fight fires. Investigators said that this 60-year-old woman had set five brush fires in the past year along a northern California highway. The report said she could get 20 years in jail for her maternal attempt to advance her son's career. And the report also noted that her son no longer works for the Forest Service. Jesus wants us to back up and look at a situation with his eyes and stop being a stumbling block. Stop being a stumbling block to the gospel. Don't hinder God's spirit. Let God's spirit move. The language Jesus uses in this next section seems scandalous in a way. In fact, he uses the Greek word Scandalion, from which we get the word scandal, four times in this paragraph. And while the images that he gives of maiming our bodies are gross and disturbing, Jesus is using exaggerated language to make a point. You didn't hear Gail as she walked by after she read the scripture. She said, have fun with this one. But the literary world calls this hyperbole. Maybe you've said, I have a million things to do today. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. I had a ton of homework. When some students were asked for examples of hyperbole, they wrote, this must have been a young lover, I think of you a million times a day. Saskatchewan is so flat you can see your dog run away for four days. My girlfriend is so popular, she has her own 900 number. And I just heard this in my house, playfully. I told you a million times, don't exaggerate. (laughs) It's clear to us, really, that Jesus would not expect us to hurt ourselves. Jesus is a healer, right? He wants us... To, to be healed, he doesn't need to drum up business. 
His exaggerated images make point. Don't scandalize. Don't be a stumbling block. An image that might help us is to picture someone walking toward Jesus. If we were to divert their attention, it's as if we toss a block of wood right in front of their feet, causing them to stumble. The scandal of the Christian life is when we take our eyes off Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew tells a powerful story about Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, when he took his eyes off Jesus. In the story, Jesus has come down from the mountain after feeding the 5,000. He went up to the mountain to pray, and the disciples took off in a boat. Matthew tells us that Jesus seeks his disciples, and so he finds them without a boat. It's the story of Jesus walking on the water. And from Matthew 14, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter replies, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. Peter gets down out of the boat, walks on the water towards Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me. You get the picture for yourselves, for me? When we avert our gaze from Jesus and we're sinking, we are also excelling at being a stumbling block for others. But when we, like Peter, call out to Jesus, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and catches us, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? As we ponder his question, we also begin to concentrate again on scandalizing the world by living as Jesus did. Jesus didn't stay inside the walls of the synagogue. He got out with the neighbors like we're doing this afternoon. He didn't concentrate on building a church building. He focused on making disciples and told us to go and do the same. Jesus didn't get bogged down in rule books. In fact, he broke a few rules, but all toward the end of reconciling people to God. Jesus spices the lives of those who know and follow him. George Bernard Shaw said, I often quote myself, it adds spice to the conversation. In our family, we don't have high blood pressure yet, but trying to be good and eat healthy, I bought several cans of no-salt green beans. They were awful. You couldn't add enough spices, I didn't, or I didn't know which ones, to make these beans taste good. Maybe you could soak them in salt. I don't know. They needed salt. Our society needs salt. The more we can quote or mirror Jesus, the more flavor we will add to the world. Now, honestly, some people might want a quick taste of Jesus, and then that's all they want. They're on to something else. They want to go taste something else, find some different flavors. 
but others are sincerely searching for the true spice of life. When Jesus is within us, through prayer, through Bible study, through worship, through conversing with other people about God, those we meet will also enjoy the delicacies of faith with us. So instead of being a hindrance and trying to exclude others from our circle, Jesus calls us to reach out, open the borders, enlarge the circle, even if it causes a scandal. Let's pray. Lord our God, we turn to you in faith and hope for strength and courage to live the way you want us to live. We entrust ourselves to your guidance and to the Spirit who lives within us and is patient with us and yet nudging us in your direction whenever we pay attention. We thank you for those who listen, our models and our guides who show us how to be more faithful to you. And we pray that we might be guides for others. In the name of Christ. Amen.